we have been on this journey called Encounter. It's our current series for the new year. And what we believe is that God is alive, God is the creator, and God is a God of encounter. Meaning, uh, we don't just want to know God, like we know intellectual facts that have no bearing actually on how I live my life. There's a lot of things I can know about math that in my day-to-day choices and my sense of self and identity, it's just not really driving uh, the car down the road. It's not what is really impacting my life. Um, I'm actually glad that I don't have to take math classes anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's stuff you can read about, there's stuff you can know that actually doesn't transform you. We believe knowing God is encountering love in a way that will transform us. And that requires humility. To know God is to grow in humility. The other thing that's interesting is we don't just believe that it's this one-way thing of a faith journey that's about knowing God. We actually believe it's a relational uh, journey where God wants to know you. God wants to know me. That we would be known by God. Which means it's not just humility, but it's an availability with our lives in God's presence. It's an availability. And I think for this to work, just like I sort of asked last week, is there someone who calls you that when you pick up, if you didn't have caller ID, you would just know who they are because you know their voice? I believe the invitation of God is that just as we want God to know our voice when we cry out in prayer and we want to believe that God can hear our prayers and answer us, we need to learn how to know God's voice. If we're going to have this sense of encounter, this spiritual journey is one of learning to hear and know God's voice. Now, I, I want you to think about how you would answer this question. I'm going to answer this question for me, and you just ponder what you would do for you. Is it ever hard to know, hear, discern God's voice? Raise your hand if the answer is yes. Oh, y'all went for it. Oh, look at you. Some of you are like, Yes! This is one of the most important questions we have to answer honestly and navigate. It is hard. It is hard to discern. It is hard to know. And I think this is something that we need to prioritize because I believe the scriptures are going to be really clear with us again today. It's possible to know. It's possible. It's possible to grow in our confidence that God is speaking and we are hearing. And it's also something that's going to invite us into community. Because I think if we're going to really learn in knowing God's voice, we will need each other to best understand and discern and mature and grow and see and hear. And we're going to see that in the scriptures today. So if you want, we're going to start in the Old Testament in Jonah. And then we're going to move to the New Testament, and then we're going to get to hear two really cool stories, okay? So what I want you to know is this. Last week, we opened up in an Old Testament in uh, Samuel, and it says, In that time, the word of the Lord was rare. It was rare. So if you feel like it's rare that you would ever hear God's voice, that's actually represented in the Scriptures. And now check this out. This is in Jonah. We're going to be in 3. Chapter 3, in the first just couple verses, and I want to be really clear. 
There is so much more that could be preached about this text than I'm going to preach about it today. There is more theological detail and nuance that I'm not even going to begin to tackle. And so if you want to read more about it, go for it. You can discover it during the week. There's probably tons of stuff on the internet. Some of it's accurate, some of it's not. All right. It says this, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. What do we infer from that verse? It came a first time. Good news to all of us. God doesn't just give you one shot at this. He might give you a second. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. What can we infer from this next verse? God doesn't only speak to you about you. God might speak to you for the good and the sake of others, maybe even an entire city. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Oh, great. That's the message you want to hear from the Lord. Like, 40 more days and your world's overthrown. No? Okay. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from greatest to least, put on sackcloth. The word of the Lord came a second time. Jonah obeyed, obeyed proclaims the word of the Lord, which honestly was not an easy word to proclaim. I think if we were proclaiming a word today, the word you want to get is like, 40 more days and the prosperity of the kingdom of God is going to come to your town and your city. You will, like, right? It's like, no, you're going to be overthrown. He obeyed a hard word. He obeyed a true word. And then what was the response of the Ninevites? They, they believed. They believed God. Something about the proclamation of Jonah, the obedience of Jonah, hits their hearts from the greatest to the least. They knew God's voice declared through someone else. Someone else heard God's voice a second time and obeyed. We need to understand that God wants to speak and it is really important that we begin to posture ourselves to receive. If we're going to know God's voice, we have to begin to be willing to receive God's voice. If it's hard to hear God's voice, we need to start prioritizing space where we just begin to go, this is really hard, but I'm going to receive as I can. I'm going to come again and again and again. To know God's voice is to receive God's voice. Jonah receives the word of the Lord. He's obedient. The whole of the city, the Ninevites, believed God, and then it transformed them. We need to receive Receive, receive. Humility and availability are what position us to receive. Simple enough, right? Of course. I'm glad you think so. We have seen in the scriptures, even if it's rare, God speaks. First Samuel. 
in this moment, even if we miss it the first time, it's possible God will speak a second time. In the scriptures, we hear that God might speak to us through a trustworthy human who is seeking to receive God's voice in their life. This is the way we walk together, that we can seek God's heart, we can hear God's voice, and then we share that in community, and we walk that out in obedience. We have to be willing to receive. So my question really simply is like, do you want to hear God's voice? Like, do you want that? And if you want that, then we need to orient our lives to regularly be in a position to receive it. To receive it. Now here's what I love about the Ninevites, and it transitions us to the New Testament text. It says the Ninevites believed God. So here's what I think. I think the Ninevites show us something really important about God's voice. When we discern God's voice, it is distinctly God's. What I mean by that is it wasn't like my voice, and it wasn't the voice of the enemy or the accuser, the kingdom that's in opposition to the kingdom of God. There was something about that exchange and that interaction where they went, that is God. And so I want to just use that as an encouragement to us. We can actually begin to learn some frameworks and some characteristics and even some like litmus tests to go, actually, this sort of fits in the God category of how God would speak. And that's different than like how I think my own thoughts. And that's different than maybe what we see in the enemy of accusation. Y'all are looking at me like, what are you really trying to say here? Let me see if I can be clear. When we discern what God is saying, we get this picture of Jesus face to face with the devil in Luke 4. And it says Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. So the first thing is followers of Jesus who are starting to learn to hear from God, we need to welcome the Holy Spirit. God himself to come translate for us. God himself to come be near us and be in our midst. It should jive with the Holy Spirit. Y'all know what that means, right? Okay. It should resonate with the Holy Spirit. It should align with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You go, how did you know those are the fruit of the Spirit? Because the scriptures are another way we understand how God speaks to us. So we have the Spirit, we have the scriptures, and then we have the community. We have the community. I've been in times of prayer where someone's praying for me, and I go, that does not feel like God. Somebody else in the room who was hearing the prayer came back to me and goes, that was not from the Lord. And I went, good, because I didn't like what they were saying to me. <laughs> My spirit went, uh. this other person, the Holy Spirit, and then went, and then the person who prayed came back to me and went, hey, I'm literally trying to grow in this. I, if that wasn't from the Lord, like, let it go. Their spirit went, uh. That's very biblical, by the way. Uh, it's somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> it's the spirit, even face to face with the enemy. The enemy looks at Jesus and goes, yeah, but it says in the scriptures. And Jesus goes, yes, it says in the scriptures. So even if we're going to hear God's voice, we have to discern the scriptures accurately and appropriately because even the enemy knows the scriptures but the enemy does not have humility and yielding to the holy spirit 
So we need the scriptures, and we need the spirit, and we need each other, which is why last week confession is important. We have to be willing to receive God's word. What I love about this is if we're willing to receive God's word, we're turning toward God. And if we're going to know God's voice and we hear God's voice, we then respond to God's voice. It says the Ninevites believed God. When they heard the word of the Lord, they believed and it changed their life. I'm curious if we hear from God more than we realize and we respond less than we've been invited to. Can I just ask you a question? Have you heard from God one time in your life? Is that enough? But if you've heard once, what do you know is possible? It's possible. So when we, we don't just want to hear from God, God, I want to hear from you, and then I'll discern whether or not I like what you're saying, and then I'll live my life anyway. No, to really know God's voice is to cultivate a heart and a life that is like, when I hear your voice, I will be obedient to your voice. When I experience your spirit, I'll be yielded to your spirit. When I read the scriptures and you speak to me, I will respond. Listen to the gospel message. This is so good. Mark 1, 14 through 20. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Turn to me and believe. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Pause. Were they just like, you know, huddled up in a moment of prayer saying, God, we really want to hear your voice. It was their normal day. They went to work. Jesus shows up and meets them. God can speak to us and meet us anywhere and everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere. This is really good news. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Here's my thing. I think if we really want to hear God's voice, we also need to settle in our souls. We're ready and willing to follow. If you're not ready and willing to follow, then what is God going to say to you? These go hand in hand. To know God's voice is a willingness to let go of the other things and follow and obey and live into the story. The disciples did it. The Old Testament followers of God did it. The New Testament, we do it today. We need to be willing to receive and to respond. And this is the grace in it. We get to learn together. We get to walk together. So how do we receive and respond to God's voice today? How do we do this? Like, that's what 
I thought we were waiting for you to answer that, Kurt. Like, tell us the answer. Here's a better question, maybe. How do you discern and know? Like, I really want to know that that was God. I just got to be completely sure that that was God. Some of this is a willingness to walk in the best of what we have discerned, trusting a God who can adjust with us along the way. But I don't want you just to take my word for it. I'm going to invite two friends to come on up. Hence the stools. You're like, what kind of illustration are we, you know, it's stools today. Um, but I want you all to welcome Roderick and Tanya to the stage. Hey, Roderick, if you'll just grab that mic right there. Uh, now, I want to tell you a couple things that you might, you may already know this, you might not know this about Roderick and Tanya. Uh, they are amazing. Uh, they are. <laughs> they bear the image of God in an amazing way. Uh, Tanya's on our staff. Uh, I tell people she is the glue and the engine of this place. Um, and I am so grateful to you, and it's amazing. And Roderick serves on our board, and he also serves with student ministry. And uh, they love the spotlight, so this is perfect. <laughs> Actually, they live with such humility, they would never, ever reach for it. And it's their kindness and their courage to say yes to be up here today. And so I've asked them to sort of just share out of their own story, just real quick, how do you hear God's voice in your own life? How do you hear God's voice in your own life? And so did y'all rock, paper, scissor? Who's going to go first? Tanya's going to go first. All right. If you see a green light, yeah, you're live. All right, well, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to share. Um, like Kurt said, this is my least favorite place to be. Um, I don't even like being up here when the room is empty and I'm helping him record. <laughs> so uh, bear with me. Uh, so one of the ways that God um, speaks to me is through worship music, um, Music in general is a daily part of my life. It's the way I connect to my emotions and thoughts and process things that I'm going through. And with worship music in particular, I find that God often will give me um, words or images that sort of go beyond um, my natural thought tendencies. Um, they're more encouraging or hope-filled than where I tend to go. Um, because I have an amazing capacity to imagine the worst case scenario <laughs> or think of all the negative things. My husband John is silently shouting amen. <laughs> um, and so when those words and images come to me and they're um, encouraging and hope-filled, like I said, I'll pay attention to that. Um, one of the phrases that is used around here are thoughts better than my own. And that's a way that I just you, I just use that as a principle to discern, is that God's voice of my own? Um, because God's voice is not going to be condemning or shaming or beating me up. And if that's where I'm going, that's usually the enemy or my own voice, you know, trying to assert itself. Um, so it makes sense if that's the way that God speaks to me, then that's probably the place I should spend some time <laughs> um, seeking him. And so one of my most consistent practices is listening to worship music. Um, I have it on in my car. I'm listening while I do chores. Um, I even like to play instrumental worship while I read. 
Um, and yeah, it's just my absolute favorite part of Sunday, so yay. Um, and when I get away from that practice, I often feel disconnected from the Lord and even a little lost. Um, and so if you'll bear with me a little bit longer, I'll share a quick story. Um, about four years ago, we were holding a worship night here at the church, and I was in a very challenging place. And the last thing I wanted to do was to show up for a worship night. And if I'm being extremely honest, I would have preferred to be home wrapped in a blanket, sort of sulking and wallowing. Um, but I showed up. And as the music began to play and it began to draw me in, I started to let my guard down and sort of posture myself to engage with the Lord. And um, I just began um, crying out to him and just confessing how I didn't want to be where I was, um, how I wanted any other outcome than the one that I knew was coming. Um, and in that moment, I just felt a peace and calm wash over me. And I just saw so clearly in my mind Jesus sitting next to me. And his arms were wrapped around me. And I heard just as clear as day God say, I know you don't want to do this, but I am here, I'm with you, and I will not leave. And it would be a great story if I could say that I left that night and everything was better, the challenge disappeared, and I was on my happy way. Um, but the truth is, sometimes we don't get the things that we hope for. Uh, we're going to face suffering, and we're going to face difficulties. And the better story is that in that moment, God showed me that we're not alone, that he walks with us, he weeps with us, and he bears that suffering um, with us. And it's just been one of the most encouraging encounters that that I've ever had, and I come back to it often when, you know, things are hard, and hopefully share it in a way that, you know, encourages other that, you know, God is for them. That's right. Thanks, yeah. Tanya. So good. That's a hard act to follow. <laughs> um, I just... Um, when Kurt invited me for this opportunity, um, again, I felt great humility. I'm not a stage person um, by any means, but I wanted to share this um, because Kurt saw enough in me. Um, and, you know, as you mature and grow older, I feel like God gives you the capacity to be able to listen to others, um, even when um, you may not, when you lack patience or you lack or your mind is cluttered. So I'm going to put a few anchors down as far as what led me to this point and then go into how I begin to discern it and how I listen to the Lord. Um, and I feel like Christianity has never been about behavior mod modification. It's all about life transformation. And we can try to change our behaviors and modify it, but until we allow God to transform our lives, that's when we really begin to walk with him and get the capacity to be able to listen and understand his voice and discern it from the chatter that occupies our minds with our daily life and existence. And growing my capacity to listen, um, I'm a person that I work in a high school, so I have to engage in conversations with students, staff every day. And I'm pretty matter of fact because 
as a, you know, working in sports medicine, sometimes our life can be life and death. I mean, as far as the work that we do. So I'm pretty attention to details, matter of fact person. And I'm gonna go back to everyone's favorite time in the not too distant past, but COVID. <laughs> and we had just returned to, uh, we had just been allowed to start school back up um, and we're under COVID protocols. Um, in the meantime, in the background of this is my wife um, had been recently diagnosed with breast cancer, is undergoing chemotherapy. So to say, to say the least, I was very tense, stressed, um, and I consider myself to be a patient person, but at this moment in time, I was very lacking of patience. Um, and that was starting to, um, I wouldn't say victimize my students and athletes I worked with, but the patients I could see it was taking a toll on them every day. So there's one day, and I remember it vividly, is August 23rd, 2020, and I, I had reached my boiling point, and I was like, I gotta get out of this space. And I walked into our storage room, I locked myself in the storage room, and I just asked God to give me a word, something that I could hold on to. And I never in that moment felt an encounter with God until that moment when I was at my, at my, at my peak, I was at my end. It's like my mind has a million thoughts. I'm not, my focus is not where it needs to be, but these kids are relying on me to pour into them and I need to be able to love them the way God has loved me and help them get through this because this is a very challenging stage and season for all of us. Um, and as much as I want accountability and want to hear them, I cannot hear these kids because of thoughts that are racing in my mind. So I felt God speak to me and said, Rod, you are a patient person. These kids are looking to you for guidance and direction in this time um, where everyone's lost and looking for something, but they're back here at school, something that was taken from them, and they're back, and they come in here to you because you're someone that they can talk to, that they can share their moments in life with. And the verse that, that led me to this prayer that I, that I asked the Lord specifically to guide me into was um, Proverbs 15 and 1. And it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And my words, as much as I don't want to admit it, were being harsh, and it was stirring up confusion, anger, um, kids were not who they, I was not being the person that I know I could be to my students and, and at home to my own kids and my wife to friends. So I was kind of isolating myself. And then it came to this and I, I, it came up as a memory to your words, not mine. Lord, please help me to be patient before I answer others. And even then, let your spirit speak life, grace, peace, and truth through me. Amen. And I go back to this prayer that I wrote almost three, four years ago now. And I look to that because through that, God gave me the capacity to be able to listen and take what others were sharing. And in that is to provide wisdom, not um, discontent, not delusion, not panic, but to bring calm when things were chaotic into the storm. 
and I feel like God is allowing me to listen well at times, um, but he brings me back in. When I want to use my words, God is like, well, right, take a back seat. Let me step in, and, and I'm going to give you what I want you to say to this person in this time, and I feel like that has led me to so much joy and satisfaction in his life, and, you know, I'm just grateful for the opportunity that God has led me into. so grateful uh, for y'all's willingness to give your story and, and to give voice to your journey. And I don't know about you, but for me, sitting here in real time, there's like a, um, it's just a holy moment. And I think there's an invitation for our lives to be welcomed before God the way I see each of you saying, my life before God. In place of need, in place of pressure, in place of disappointment and distraction and discouragement, whatever the place is. It's one thing to want to receive God's voice. It's another thing to respond. I think what we heard today is how we rely. That we would just rely on I'm so grateful for y'all sharing who you are. And so what we're going to do is we're going to rely on God by coming to communion. And we're going to just let it be quiet because as, as y'all were each sharing, I was just struck. Maybe you're here today and, and you actually, uh, you resonated with one of the stories. And you might just need a word from God today. You just need a word from God. Some of you might need a reassurance, like that thought of Tanya saying, I, I get this picture in my mind. I get this picture or an image or uh, a, a scripture comes to mind or whatever it is. Like God will speak to you in the way that you uniquely could hear. So we're actually going to just let the room be quiet. And we're going to come to the table. And I just want to remind you, each week, the communion table is an invitation to rely on God and receive what you need. To just receive. So here's how we're going to walk this out. It's going to be quiet, and I would encourage you to say, God, do you have a word you want to speak to me? And as you're ready, come receive the bread and the cup and go back to your seat. And here in just a couple minutes, we're going to pray a prayer out loud together, and we'll receive the bread and the cup as a community, and then we'll close with some ministry time. And so the table is open to anyone who comes in faith. If this is your first time at the vineyard and you believe Jesus maybe has what you need, you are welcome to come. And I'll lead us forward from here in just a moment.
God, there's so many places that the scriptures talk about your voice. And that often it can just be a still, small voice. But I'm reminded that it means you're alive, that you are the living God. That's good news. So speak today, God. I just feel an encouragement for those of you that are listening to not discount the goodness that has sort of maybe just fluttered across your mind. Don't be dismissive of the love that God wants to reveal to your heart. And even to just bless, if there's a longing in you to hear from God, we just bless that. We bless that desire in you. We just say more, Lord. God, the things you've begun to stir, the things you've begun to speak, we ask that in the coming days and weeks, those things would get clearer. We just continue. you're encountering the Lord right now, just sort of stay in that space, but I'm going to invite us to pray Psalm 51 out loud together for those who want to join in as we uh, come to receive the bread and the cup. So this is, it starts with the word create. So God, do your work that only you can do. Let's put it on the screen. Create in me a pure heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. It's good news, church. So Jesus, with his followers, took the bread the sign of what he could do for us that we need to receive. So the bread, the body of Christ given for us. And again, points into his life that he was the lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world to shed his blood for us. He pointed to the cup. He said, it's the cup, the blood of Christ given for us. Take and drink. I want to invite you to stand. And um, a friend of mine this week, Adam, said as he tries to hear God's voice, he said one of the ways he's learning to hear God is God often says to him, hey, there is a problem, and I want to walk with you to navigate that. And he says the voice of the enemy says you are the problem. It's very different. Jesus in John 10 says, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have life to the full. The voice of God is a life-giving voice and a loving voice. It invites us to confession. It invites us to transformation. Tanya, you thought you had an encouragement for us? Yeah, 
As I was um, preparing and praying for today, I just felt like the Lord spotlighted that there might be somebody who feels like God's not for you, um, that whatever you're going through, you might feel abandoned or a little lost. And um, I just think he wants to speak to you and to tell you that he's there with you in it if you'll just shift a little bit and look towards him um, and that you can trust him. So. The phrase for me is this is an invitation to turn to God. Wherever you are on your journey, if you're going, I want to hear God's voice, I want to know God's voice, I just resonate with that. The phrase for me was turn to God. So when we offer prayer ministry at the end of our services, we stand as those who go, God, would you maybe want to speak through us for the good of the person we're praying for? So if you're available to pray today, you've been through our training, you're one of our small group leaders or staff, I actually want you all to come stand. And I'd like as many of us who are willing to hear from God for one another just to say, if you want someone to pray for you today, for anything you're going through, or just to hear a word from God, come receive prayer. Come receive prayer. These people are ready to pray with you, all right? So God, we bless everything you're doing in all of these lives, the things we can see and know and the things we can't, and I pray that in the coming days and weeks, we would turn towards you. We would receive from you. We would respond to you. We would rely on you. We want to know your voice, God. Teach us how to hear from you. And we bless every person here to discover in a growing way that they are loved by you, and it is so good. And so bless us as we go this week. Keep speaking to us. We want to hear from you, God. Amen.